Good evening, Colorado and the Rocky Mountain Mile High region. What is up? It is Denver Sports tonight. I am your host, Cecil Lammy, and I am live in Las Vegas at Circa Las Vegas at the Stadium Swim Cabana overlooking a two-story video screen. And I don't know how many swimming pools, but a lot. Having fun out here in Vegas. Going to be talking some fantasy football just a little bit later. But, of course, everyone is over the moon about what the Denver Nuggets were able to get done in Game 3 against the Miami Heat. Now taking that series lead and doing it basically with three players. The two big players, of course, that you know, Nikola Jokic Jamal Murray. The first duo in NBA history to have triple doubles of 30, 10, and 10. A fantastic move for both players. Obviously, you knew you were going to get that sort of effort from Nikola Jokic. Jamal Murray is capable of those efforts as well. But you know that Jamal Murray is somewhat inconsistent at times. So those two, and then the rookie. Not since Sam Cassell uh, in the finals have we had a rookie score 15 points like Christian Brown did last night against the Miami Heat. So that was good to see, especially because Michael Porter Jr., Michael Jr. Porter, it's what Charles Barkley calls him. BK's best friend, by the way. Um, yeah, he doesn't do anything. <laughs> He's uh, very streaky, shall we say. Uh, but the Nuggets did it in a multiple ways. I'm going to get into some of that on tonight's program. Of course, we're going to talk about Dalvin Cook, uh, potentially for the Denver Broncos. Frank Clark with the Denver Broncos. That's coming up a little bit later as I'm live in Las Vegas at Circa Sports uh, and Circa Hotel. But the Denver Nuggets did it with... The two superstars with their MVP and with the rookie. And that was enough to get it done against the Miami Heat because the talent wins out. When you look at these series in the NBA playoffs, it's one of those things where people say coaching matters. And that's not untrue, perhaps. But Eric Spolstra, outcoached by Michael Malone last night. And you know that if you're a Nuggets fan, you've taken a lot of heat, pun intended, about Michael Malone, especially in this matchup against Eric Spolstra. But they were attacking that Miami zone defense, which is exactly what you need to do, especially against the zone. It's a tried-and-true tradition in basketball that when someone's playing zone against you, you attack it, you dribble drive, you take it to the rim, you kick it out when you can, you draw a foul if you can there as well. So I really admired the coaching job of Michael Malone. I obviously admired what the rookie Christian Brown did. And then, of course, Jamal Murray, who I've said could be an MVP. I don't think he ever will be, but he can be on that level. And you saw glimpses of it last night. He will not be denied. Nikola Jokic will not be denied against the Miami Heat. So when I look back on that game, I think of the beginning of the fourth quarter. I think of the three blocks to start out that fourth quarter. And that defensive effort can build that momentum, especially when you're on the road, especially when you're facing a hostile crowd. When you get that, that sort of defensive effort, that's the type of play that can really help turn things around. This was a slugfest. It started out with Miami getting a lead. Denver clawed back. Denver went on a run. And it was a bit of a back and forth. Now, honestly, I don't know if my heart can take much more. Like, I, I hope the Denver Nuggets get it done in five. I said Nuggets in five when this series started. That we're on track for that. Of course, game four coming up uh, on Friday night. I'll have plenty to say on that tomorrow. But for this contest, the cardiac kids were out and about for the Denver Nuggets because of that back and forth with the Miami Heat because Michael Porter Jr. was ice cold, was just 
not uh, not doing anything for this team whatsoever. So it had to rely on the rookie. And after the game, Nikola Jokic even said it was Christian Brown that won the game for us, for them, for the Denver Nuggets. And what's cool is Michael Malone kind of standing up to that pressure, right? There were, going into this game in game three, there were a lot of people saying this is a Michael Malone game. This is the contest where you're going to see is he really going to get out coached by Eric Spolster? Because everyone was falling all over themselves as the Denver Nuggets constantly have to face this sort of backlog of pressure and backlog of doubt. And I don't want to say haters, but certainly every time you turn around, I mean, you got Brian Windhorse out there grabbing a sandwich every 30 minutes and talking about how the Lakers were the greatest team in a sweep ever. Like just this ridiculous nonsense. No one ever praises the Nuggets enough nationally, but be damned the national narrative. Because you saw after game two, when Miami evens the series, you saw everyone go on and on about how great Eric Spolster is. And Eric Spolster is a great head coach, no doubt. But Michael Malone has the pulse of this team. Michael Malone knows how to motivate his team. And simply put, after game two, as Malone said, that's not them. That's not their way. That's not their style of basketball. That's not what they do. And so you saw a rebound, a bounce back, if you will, to the type of style that the Denver Nuggets play. And there's Nikola Jokic being relentless. It's Jamal Murray being attacking. You get the effort from the rookie. So you see all these things for the Nuggets that add up to a win, that add up to a series lead now. And, uh, you know, this thing will be coming back to Denver. Hopefully the Nuggets can get it done on Friday night and then win it all in Denver. I think that would be sweet. But defensively is what I was focused on last night for the Nuggets as it was that effort. It is that sort of effort that is going to help propel them over the top. First and foremost, their talent is better. We all can say that. Uh, bottom line, no matter how well coached Miami is, no matter what, Jimmy Butler's in going insane and he's unconscious. Like, no matter what happens across the board, better talent, better depth. And when it comes to finals and the NBA playoffs, especially when things get heated, in the conference finals, and then in the actual NBA finals. That's where your talent and your depth just win out every time. may take seven games, but the talent and the depth win out every time. And you saw that with the Denver Nuggets. It's simply they're a better team, top to bottom. They've got bench players that are better than what Miami can bring to the table. And you're going to have your superstars show up. Jimmy Butler's going to do his thing. Nikola Jokic is going to do his thing. When you get that extra effort, and Jamal Murray being especially attacking against that Miami zone, when you get that sort of extra effort, that's what can really put you over the top. That's what can finish this thing in five. And I really hope that's what happens, not just because I predicted it, but because I don't know if my heart can take much more. This is incredibly exciting series, even if Miami is clearly inferior foe. Like, I feel like uh, this Nuggets series, like it did about the Phoenix series. And I was doing Denver Sports Tonight on one of those Fridays, and it was like, okay, is Phoenix really going to bother you? They've got no depth. Uh, they don't have the talent. So I feel the same way about Miami. All due respect to the Heat and what they've got and how they've gotten there. And Eric Spolster, he's a fantastic coach. I feel great uh, about that team and this opponent. I feel it's, it's a strong opponent. But at the end of the day, when you have that talent basketball-wise, like it's just – it's going to be the Denver Nuggets. If it's, is it five? Is it six? Is it seven? I don't know. But it's going to be the Denver Nuggets because of that talent, because Michael Malone is proves, proving himself to the naysayers 
And I think after last night, if you're going to follow over yourself about Eric Spolstra in game two and what a great job he did and getting the heat back in the series and all those sorts of things and the Miami zone, did they figure out the Denver Nuggets offense? No, no, because zone defense, there's a reason why you don't see it as much because you can still attack zone defense and dribble drive penetration kicking out. I've gone over these things. That's what you do when you face what Miami does. So did Miami get them? Yes. Miami played out of their minds in game two. They get the win, but this time the Nuggets set it right in game three. They get that win. They get the series lead, and I believe if you're going to fall all over Eric Spolstra, you have to then at the same time praise what you saw from Michael Malone and his adjustments and him playing a rookie. How many times, raise your hand if you're one of those people, like, have you wanted Michael Malone to play a rookie more? I don't even care what rookie it is, okay? I don't care if we're talking about Bobo. I don't, I don't care which rookie we're talking about in Denver Nuggets in the past. So with my man Bones, I do miss Bones Highland. He probably misses being a part of the Denver Nuggets as well. But he wasn't the right mix, wasn't the right combination. But Michael Malone is not known as a coach that is going to go to those young players, that's not what he does. That's not what he trusts. And I think with Malone, it's really who can you trust and who he can trust are his veteran players. So when Christian Brown shows up like that and is incredibly sharp, incredibly efficient, is that spark really? I heard Matt Smith this morning talk about it on Schlerth and Evans, calling it a chaotic energy but in a good way. I'm not even sure it's in a good way. I think it's just chaotic energy because it is a little bit unsettling for the Nuggets and also for their opponent. It doesn't matter if it's the Heat or anybody else. When Christian Brown comes in and he's just got that spark, that energy, that motivation, he's working hard, he's hustling for the basketball, he's putting stuff in the bucket, like that sort of energy is chaotic, and you never know which way that's going to go. I don't think it's chaotic in a good way. Can there be good chaos? Is that an oxymoron? I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but... I know this. I know watching the kid is fun. I know that Michael Malone, with his finger on the pulse of what his team does, he went to that and said, you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to trust this young player who is hot. And you know that when a player is hot, you got to keep him hot. Now, some players have to get there, and some players don't get that opportunity to get there. Michael Malone recognized what was going on with Christian. He kept him in. He was very valuable in his minutes. He was very efficient in what he did with those minutes, and it helped propel the Denver Nuggets over the top. So what does Miami have left to do? And anything can happen. It's the NBA Finals, okay? So I'm not riding off the Miami Heat. I'm not saying that, you know, this is a shoe-in for the Denver Nuggets. I do feel strongly, again, the Nuggets will win in five because, simply put, they are too good. They are too deep. The talent is there, and Nikola Jokic will not be non-eyed in this instance. So if you're Miami, what's your what's your counterpunch? Game two, you seem to kind of figure out the Nuggets, I guess. But then in game three, you're going back with your famous Miami Heat zone defense. And zone is zone. I don't really care what level you're at, whether it's high school, college, or the NBA. Zone defense is zone defense. You attack it the same way. You attack it. You don't sit back. You don't try to put threes in the bucket. And that's kind of been, I guess, maybe me as an old-school basketball fan. One of my problems with, like, current NBA is everyone just stands around and waits in the corner for to jack up a three, Michael Porter Jr. Like, they just it's flat-footed basketball. 
And that's not fun. The dribble drive, the attacking, the penetration, that's what a Jamal Murray brings to the table. That's what a Christian Brown brings to the table. And Nikola Jokic, and putting him in different spots all over the court, this is what Michael Malone did to kind of change things up, to help Nikola Jokic see the floor better, to help him distribute the ball better by placing him a little bit lower, not at the elbow, uh, but a little bit lower towards the block, and getting things set up that way to run through his big man, the best passing big man of all time, whose name is you know, getting etched in history. You get a championship for Nikola Jokic. We were talking about one of the greats of all time. Not a Denver Nuggets great, not a Western Conference great. We are talking about a great of all time. You get the hardware, and these things start to be written for the Denver Nuggets for Nikola Jokic specifically. So it was great to see that response and reaction from Michael Malone countering what Eric Spolster did and then helping that team get out on top. And to me, I just go, well, what's Miami going to do? What are they going to do now? Are they, in a sense, running out of gas because of the nail-biter that they had to go through with the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics because the Nuggets were sitting there? The Nuggets, again, clearly superior talent, clearly superior depth. Are the Miami Heat running out of gas? I think it would be natural if they did. But even if they weren't, even if you could take the Heat's best shot night in and night out, the Nuggets are simply better. So, again, that would be more Nuggets in seven. I've said Nuggets in five. We'll see if that continues here. But when Nikola Jokic doing his thing, there's no answer for that. Jamal Murray with that attacking style and aggressive play is a, is great for what the Nuggets do. And then, again, can you get anything from anybody else, please? I do love the defense. Speaking of defense, like I talked about at the beginning of the fourth quarter with those three blocks, you get the defense from an Aaron Gordon. That sort of play, that sort of spark, that sort of toughness. You know, Aaron Gordon, we saw it, you know, against LeBron. And I know LeBron's 100 years old and, what you know, flops all the time. But, like, Aaron Gordon won't back down from any sort of challenge. And you love to see it. You love to see a guy go from the magic where he's, you know, scoring 20-plus a game to now fitting in with what the Nuggets want him to do, fitting in his role, and then coming through with that great defensive play. And that's the sign of a great team is when you have that sort of teamwork where you're going to have your superstars shine bright. And there is no doubt, obviously, Nikola Jokic should have been the three-time MVP. He's the superstar. Jamal Murray's got superstar level. Gordon's a star, but he doesn't need that star treatment. And I think that's what helps this team as a whole because they are a team. Because they don't have those egos that are, I want the ball, I want the points, I want the numbers. Like Aaron Gordon's there to win a ring to win a championship, and that's what your Denver Nuggets are looking forward to uh, going forward. I'm Cecil Lamy here, Denver Sports Tonight. Of course, I'm live in Las Vegas at Circa Sports. I'm at the Stadium Swim, and uh, Circa Sports and Hotel in Las Vegas. This is the place to be. It's incredible energy. I love seeing it. You're, we're going to have a Nuggets watch party here on Friday night. That's going to be absolutely fun. And, of course, Las Vegas all uh, all over what the Golden Knights are doing here as well. So Vegas, Circus Sports, proud to be out here and appreciate them for sending us out here uh, for these couple of days. To talk a little fantasy football. Again, that's coming up a little bit later, and along with some Broncos talk there as well. But we've got to go over what the Denver Nuggets are doing, and we've got to look forward to what they can continue to do. If you can tell me what Miami's next punch will be, I believe Michael Malone will have an answer. I believe Michael Malone will be ready to 
you know, show the world that still doubts him how great of a head coach that he is, that he's always been, how this team is, you know, not necessarily hanging on every word that he says, but he knows how to push their buttons. And it's one of those things I kind of doubted about Michael Malone, let's even say a year ago, when how many times did he call him soft during the NBA playoffs last year? Like a dozen times? It seemed like it, right? Didn't even have the opportunity to call him soft a dozen times, but it, it seemed like every time you turn around, Michael Malone's card that he was playing was the soft card. He doesn't have to do that this year. So why is that? What happened? Well, you're getting more players that listen to your message. You're getting rid of players, even players that are fan favorites, even players that are media favorites. Let's say like a Bones Highland. You're getting rid of players that don't necessarily fit what you want to do. Jamal Murray's, uh, you know, staying healthy, being aggressive, showing off that sort of all-star caliber uh, of skill set. Hopefully gets an all-star nod. But you know that Michael Malone has the response of his team. You know that they're listening to him and what he's doing, and he knows when to push those buttons. What, last night, how many uh, rage timeouts have we had? Last night it seemed like, what is it, three minutes in, he's rage timeout. I'm like, okay, Michael. Now, you, you Michael, sound like uh, office space. Well, it's not okay, Michael. Um, but I, I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Now, a year ago, I was saying, here we go with Malone. He's going to call him soft again. They're not going to get listened. They're going to get bounced. This year it just seems different. You have to ask the question, why? And I really believe it's the player moves that they've done to add the type of player that they need that will work with Mike Malone. But he still has that finger on the pulse. And that's the thing where maybe my heart can't take it, but I think Nuggets fans should already be trained for this, where, like, okay, calm down. You're going to see the rage timeout. You might see two rage timeouts. You might see Malone try to adjust or jar or jolt his team. It's almost like Malone has to get the paddles out sometimes, right? Clear, boom, and hit the chest. And then the Nuggets get that spark. They get that energy, and they get going. But it's really the impulse and the reaction of a trio, really. The Christian Brown stuff is is interesting. It's kind of extra. It's lanyap, as Brandon Stokely would say. But for me, it's Nikola Jokic will not be denied. It's Jamal Murray and the aggression. And it's Michael Malone understanding his team and what motivates his team. And that's the sign of greatness. Because how many times have you seen a coach, and it doesn't matter what sport, hell, we'll talk about the Denver Broncos. We'll talk about Nathaniel Hackett not having any idea how to be a head coach, how to motivate his team. You, ha- They did a good job, and I think Jaira Evero did a really good job of not having the defense fracture from the offense last year. But just look at that garbage situation that the Broncos had to go through last year with a coach that didn't know how to motivate his team. Now counter that with what you're seeing this entire playoff run, not just the Western Conference Finals and sweeping the Lakers, not just the NBA Finals against the Heat, but the entire run, and hell, we could talk about the entire season for the Denver Nuggets, how Michael Malone has been able to really refine what he's done. In a way, it reminds me a little bit uh, of what you see from these old-school coaches that have to go a little bit softer, or they have to pick their moments where they are old-school. There's nothing wrong with old-school. I think old-school works. I think that's why Sean Payton will work for the Denver Broncos because old school, that sort of like kick in the pants, I'm going to put my boot in your backside and you're going to play the way I want you to play. That does work, but you also have to manage how much you're breaking out the boot to the backside. And Michael Malone has figured that out. It's something that 
for example, a Tom Coughlin years ago with Jacksonville. He was just uh, abominable to be around. He went to the Giants, same thing, grumpy, old, yelling all the time. And it was finally like Michael Strahan that said, hey, man, calm down. And when he had that lighter approach, the Giants won two Super Bowls. And thank God they did, or else Tom Brady would have two more rings. So I think, Michael Malone, you're seeing that Coughlin-like change where it's like, you're soft, you're soft, you're soft. That doesn't work, coach. What works is picking your times to say, hey, this is what we do. This is how, how we prepare. That's what he said after game two. He said, this is not us. This is not what we do. This is not how we play. This is not how we prepare. You're basically, in a way, being like a parent. Like, I'm ashamed of you. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed, right? So Michael Malone's kind of parenting them or loving them up a little bit better than he had in years past where he'd just throw out, hey, you guys are soft, and they wouldn't listen, and the Nuggets would lose, and it would be another disappointing season. This season can end in triumph. This season can end in glory because Michael Malone, that light has come on. And not only has it come on for Malone, but again, the players are responding because one of the best stories to come out from this whole thing and this whole run with Jamal Murray is when Murray's injury happened. And trust me, as soon as this team gets Aaron Gordon a few years ago, and I was on these airwaves and I was like, this is, this is the, the final piece of the puzzle that can make you a championship caliber team, can put you over the top. Four games later, Jamal Murray gets hurt and it's a disaster. But one of the greatest stories is when Jamal Murray goes to Michael Malone and he says, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid you're going to get rid of me, coach. And Malone puts his arm around him. He says, you're one of us. You're not going anywhere. And I love that that sort of bond that has been built, you can see it within this type, of, with this entire team. It's the bond of a champion. That's what the Denver Nuggets have right now, and that's what all the great teams have, and you see it across all of sports. When you have that love for your fellow teammate, where you're going to do anything for that guy and you'll go to battle for that guy and you'll bleed for that guy and sweat for that guy. Like you'll do anything for your teammate or your coach or both. That's how champions are made. Look at Super Bowl 50. How many of those guys would do anything for all and for the rest of their lives? They'll always be champions together. The Denver Nuggets are trending in that same way. So I'm not saying get ready for a parade. I'm just saying get ready for a parade because at the end of the day, Michael Malone is not this slappy that some people had paid him to be. Michael Malone is not outcoached or out underqualified to do his job on the biggest stage. Michael Malone is here building a dynasty with Denver. And now, if you can win a championship, imagine the attraction that you are to free agents. Imagine how players will want to come to the Mile High City and play basketball. No longer the Carmelo's got to get out of here after he can only do so much. No longer the flyover city or the forgotten city when it comes to NBA basketball. You build a champion here with Nikola Jokic, with Jamal Murray, with that core, a Christian Brown coming up, who could be more than a Bruce Brown replacement. And Mike Evans is making me mad this morning. I'm driving to the airport. Mike Evans totally making me mad. He's like, he's a Bruce Brown replacement. I'm like, he's more than that, dude. He's more than that. So you give him time. In a few years, he can be more. You see the core. You see the attraction that other players would want to come to Denver to play with Nikola Jokic, to play with Jamal Murray, to be coached by Michael Malone, who players adore. Even LeBron James, who I give a lot of grief to, a lot. LeBron James loved Michael Malone. He loved Michael Malone when the Nuggets hired him. 
I love the hire when the Nuggets hired him. Sorry to Brian Shaw apologist Ross Sharon, but either way, Michael Malone is building this dynasty. Nuggets got to get one and then get another one and another one. And so it continues. It's Denver Sports Tonight. I am Cecil Lammy live at Circa Las Vegas having a blast at Stadium Swim. And the Denver Broncos might add one of the best running backs in the league to their team. I'm going to talk about Dalvin Cook and him potentially being a Denver Bronco, and I'll do that next. Welcome back. It's Denver Sports Tonight. I'm Cecil Lammy live at Circa Las Vegas. I'm talking about Dalvin Cook. And Dalvin Cook with the Denver Broncos is perhaps going to happen. Now, if you look at the situation, you go, okay, what in the world would the Broncos be thinking? Well, what they'd be thinking is they have to add to their room because running back is a brutal position. Running back is a position where guys get banged up all the time. You've got a running back in Javante Williams just coming back from his injury. Now, you're hoping that he can stay healthy and work in pretty much a 50-50 split with Samaje Pirine. But if you add a Dalvin Cook to this room, now you're even better. Dalvin Cook's your starting running back if the Broncos were to add him. So I look at it and I go, why not? Uh, you weren't going to trade for him, that report. And, and that report, you could have guessed it would happen. But our man Mike Kliss, hashtag 9sports, said, hey, you know, the Broncos have no interest in trading for Dalvin Cook. Well, now he's been released. You definitely have interest. It's why Adam Schefter did a saying the two teams that are front runners for Dalvin Cook are the Miami Dolphins and the Denver Broncos. Now, Miami has some things that the Broncos can't compete with. One, it's his home. Miami and Florida is where Dalvin Cook is from. Went to college at FSU. He still trains in Florida. Miami has, I don't know, a zillion weapons on offense. And they have a Tyreek Hill and a Jalen Waddle, and they got Devin A. Chain this year in the draft at running back, who's more of a receiving running back, you know, that type of Travis Etienne type of player. Dalvin Cook could be fantastic for that team with Mike McDaniel and with Tua Tungavailoa and on a team that is clearly a playoff contender. Miami Dolphins, no doubt, are a playoff contender. And if Buffalo keeps choking, I mean, are the Miami Dolphins going to win the AFC East? Yeah, maybe. And I hope Buffalo doesn't. I love Josh Allen, love Von Miller, but the reality is Buffalo hasn't won anything, and Miami's on the come up. Buffalo's kind of stagnant right now. Guys got to stay healthy. They got Leonard Floyd, whatever is whatever. Damian Harris will run the rock. Like, you've got to figure out a way if you're Miami to get past that team. Adding a Dalvin Cook would do that. So clearly, if you look at the two teams, the Denver Broncos, the Miami Dolphins. The Denver Broncos do not have the playoff contention, do not have the weapons, the assets like you see with the Miami Dolphins. However, and as my man Reggie McDaniel always used to say, there's always a however in life, the Denver Broncos have George Payton. George Payton was the assistant GM to Rick Spielman when in the second round of the 2017 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings took Dalvin Cook in the second round out of Florida State, and he became a superstar Pro Bowl player with the Minnesota Vikings. Plus... You have Sean Payton. I love Mike McDaniel. I've known him since he was a teenager, and he was a ball boy from Mike Shanahan. Uh, but Mike McDaniel doesn't have the hardware. Sean Payton has the hardware. So you're coming to a proven team, a team that will run the ball. Miami's offense is going to be fast break. Miami's offense is going to be down the field. Miami's offense is going to be attacking. Miami's offense is going to be pass happy. 
Denver's is going to be, hey, Dalvin Cook, if you come here, you're going to get a bunch of carries. You're going to get a bunch of touches. They're going to be looking for you to be the centerpiece of the offense. You go to Miami, you're a piece of the offense. You go to Miami, you're part of what they're doing. If you go to Denver, you're everything. You are the centerpiece. You're the core. Now, I know Javante's there. Javante will still do his thing, but he's not going to start over Dalvin Cook. He's not going to push Dalvin Cook to a 50-50 split. And I predicted this is totally not what I've seen at Broncos OTAs, okay? So I want to make that very clear so I don't get a call or Patrick doesn't text me. Patrick, I love you, but please don't text me about that. I haven't seen this. I'm not saying that I've seen this. But my guess is if it's Javante Williams and Samaj P. Ryan, it's a 50-50 split. That's it. That's it. Now, if Dalvin Cook is here, it's Cook 75%. And then... Javante and Samaje are battling for that 25% because Samaje Pirine's a damn good player. Right now, who's the third running back for the Denver Broncos? Do people know? People might not know. It's Tony Jones. I like Tony Jones on draft that in Notre Dame a few years ago. Saw him at the Shrine game when it was still in Tampa, so you know it was a few years ago. Uh, Tony Jones is okay, right? Imagine if your third running back was Javante Williams. Imagine if your third running back was Samaje Pirine. We sure as hell know it's not going to be Dalvin Cook as your third running back. Dalvin Cook would be everything for this team. He would give this team that extra emphasis on the ground game. Then you could ease Javante back in even more. I think Samaj P. Ryan could be the starter and the lead back and 80% of the carries if Javante needed some time. From what we've seen at OTAs, Javante's looking ready to go for week one which when George Payton said that at the combine, I thought George was lying, honestly. I was like, ah, he's, it, that, it's a multiple ligament knee injury that Javante Williams is coming back from. How does he deal with that? How does he work with that? Well, I think now if you look at this situation with the Broncos, you go, okay, if you're in on Dalvin Cook, if you can convince him to come to Denver, now Javante, you can totally ease back in. You don't have to worry about it. He can take on an Alexander Madison role. Alexander Madison, which is what Samaji P. Ryan could do as well. And because you're going to run the, the ball early and often, the Broncos are going to be one of the most run-heavy teams in the entire National Football League. Because you do this now with, if you add a Dalvin Cook, with Jamonte Williams, with Samaji P. Ryan, you're going to stay fresh, not only in... The season, right? So down the stretch, you're going to stay fresh. You're going to be good to go when it's November, December football. That's playoff football. You're going to be running the ball. Teams are going to be worn out. It's going to be cold. It's going to hurt. You're not only staying fresh for the season. You're staying fresh in game so that if Dalvin Cook breaks off that 80-yard run and he needs a breather, let's say it's a 50-yard run, and he needs a breather. He didn't score, but he needs a breather. Now you go to Javante, and he's totally fresh. That's incredible. You go to Samaj P. Ryan, he's totally fresh. That is absolutely incredible. So if you're the Denver Broncos, this is the way that you want to trend. This is the way that you want to go if you can convince Dalvin Cook not to go to the Miami Dolphins because that's got to be a big draw, being his hometown, being the team that has that playoff contention. You have to sell him on Sean Payton, which should be easy with the Super Bowl hardware. You have to sell him on the roll. And the role in Denver would be you want to eat, you want as much football, as many snaps as you can get, they're yours. Sign on the dotted line. And you're going to get them at a reduced price. You're going to get them, dare I say, at a bargain if you're the Denver Broncos. 
and that's going to help your team tremendously because you want to run the ball and play great defense, and you can't do one without the other. I would say tother if I was quoting Dan Reeves, but you can't do one without the other. You have to play great defense and run the ball because the running game keeps your defense fresh. If your defense is out there all the time, they're going to wear down, and guess what? They can't play great defense. But if you keep them fresh and use time of possession as a weapon, if you run the ball, if you set things up with that physicality, with the physical nature that the Denver Broncos will have this season, well, I think it makes perfect sense. I think it absolutely makes perfect sense 100% with Dalvin Cook if the Broncos were to get him. I'm excited about it. You wonder when the Broncos are making these moves and the Broncos are moving on from players and they're freeing up cap space and you just wonder why. The Brandon McManus deal, I think, sums this up perfectly because it's like, well, why? Brandon McManus is better than anything else that you have on the open market. He's better than anything that you look at and you can say, well, you can't find that in an Elliott Fry. You can't find that in any sort of kicker that's out there already, you know, that, that you're looking to uh, on the free agent market if Fry doesn't work out for you. Brandon McManus is that guy, unless you're going to use McManus' money to go to get Dalvin Cook. You already did a move. I'll talk about that move here in just a little bit. So the Broncos have done a move to clear up that, but you can't just go into this and say, you know what, we made a bunch of moves, we freed up cap space, and we're going to do nothing. You make the moves to put yourself in position to get a Dalvin Cook. And that's what the Broncos have done and we'll see now, Adam Schefter reporting, the Denver Broncos, the Miami Dolphins are the two front runners for Dalvin Cook. We'll see if that actually comes to fruition. It's, a, of course, Denver Sports Tonight. I am Cecil Lammy, live at Circa Las Vegas at the Stadium Swim. It's incredible here. Circa Las Vegas, the place to be. Thank you very much for sending me out here for these couple of days. I gotta talk about Frank Clark. The Denver Broncos have added an edge, and then they got some kind of bad news on another one of their edge players i'll talk about it next denver sports tonight cecil lammy i am here at circa sports in circa las vegas and uh oh my goodness incredible out here uh, it's a party that's for sure having a lot of fun out here at stadium swim at circa las vegas and it's a two-story video screen that has tons of sports action in front of However many swimming pools are out in front of me, I can't count that high. Uh, it's incredible. It's absolutely amazing being out here at Circa Sports. So come on out to Circa Sports. I'm going to be talking some fantasy football. I'll be uh, doing a fantasy football uh, draft from here at Circa Las Vegas. And you can check out. And uh, why don't you set up your league at Circa Las Vegas? And you can do this. Win a trip for you and the rest of your 12-person league. Do Las Vegas to have the ultimate fantasy football experience. And trust me, this is the experience that you want. Your league will draft from a cabana at Stadium Swim with $5,000 food and beverage credit. A two-night stay for the entire league, six rooms with two king's beds each, limo transportation to and from the airport, just took that this morning, a welcome party at the Legacy Club, a two-hour uh, overhang uh, bar at, for your league, uh, a party for you. You can sign up by June 30th. June 30th is that day. Uh, so go to CircaLasVegas.com for more details. That's CircaLasVegas.com. And more fantasy football packages are available, again, CircaLasVegas.com. Now, the Denver Broncos, 
we're waiting for the Dalvin Cook news. Will they be the team that convinces Dalvin Cook, the star running back, to come to Denver and play for them? Well, they already added Frank Clark, edge player. Of course, you may remember him with the Seattle Seahawks. You may remember him with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now he's with the Denver Broncos. And today, the Broncos sign edge Frank Clark, formerly the Chiefs, to one year, $5.5 million contract that can be worth up to $7.5 million. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of cheddar, as the kids would say. Now, why do you do that? One, it's edge. You're going to pay for edge. Like, that's just the way it goes. Like, if you can get after the quarterback or protect the quarterback, or if you're a quarterback, you're going to get paid in this league. That's what this league is all about. So... Yeah, Frank Clark going to get that up to $7.5 million, of course, because he can still rush the passer. Now he's going to be a part-time pass rusher, most likely, okay? If you look at what Frank Clark did last year, would have like five sacks, 15 starts. So those that's not eye-popping numbers, right? You would expect more, at least 10 sacks, right? We're talking double digits. I'm not sure if he's capable of that anymore, but in a part-time role, where he's not playing every snap, I think that is better for his prospects in the National Football League and better for him now with the Denver Broncos. Frank Clark is a seasoned pro, tons of experience, got length, got strength, got moves after moves. He knows how to stack moves. Like, he's a hell of a pass rusher. Don't have him out there stuffing the run. Put him in there as a third down specialist. Put him in there where he, uh, you know, is going to be able to use his skill to the best of his ability and not have to worry about the things that he's not as good at. Now, uh, earlier today, 9 News, Mike Kliss, hashtag 9 Sports, reports that Baron Browning underwent surgery to pair partially torn meniscus and is expected back for training camp. Now, the Frank Clark move makes more sense when Baron Browning has a meniscus, torn meniscus, expected back for training camp. Now, that's good news that he'll be back for camp, but when will he be ready when will he be at his best? When will he be up to speed, so to speak? And that was the thing where Baron Browning, we had, we had to see him take the next step. And I'm not saying that he can't now. I'm not predicting doom for Baron Browning this year. But this obviously isn't the move and isn't the news that you wanted if you are a Broncos fan because you have to get after the pass. You have Randy Gregory. He's going to play 10 games and then get hurt. Okay, that's Randy Gregory. Uh, you know, he's... Uh, bit unhinged on the field at times which isn't necessarily a bad thing he is a fine pass rusher he doesn't play a full season i don't care about the weed stuff like whatever randy gregory whatever um to me the problem with randy gregory is he only plays about 10 games that's all he's good for so you've got that huge question mark right baron brownie huge question mark nick benito and i can't really say what nick benito has done or not done at otas so I guess I'll leave that alone. Um, I wouldn't be quick to write off Nick Benito. I'll just say that. I'm not revealing what I've seen at OTAs, but I will say it would be a little premature to write off Nick Benito at this time. I think Drew Sanders can rush the passer, even though he's going to play inside linebacker. Uh, I think Jonathan Cooper could take that next step that we we're expecting from Baron Browning. And one of the reasons why, when you saw in this situation that Browning wasn't out there for OTAs, you're wondering why. I know they're voluntary. Now we know why. Because of partially torn meniscus, expected back for training camp, Baron Browning is there now and like, okay, that's why you needed to get Frank Clark. You needed more edge presence for this team. Clark gives you that. 
So you got the insurance policy. It's like Tommy Boy. You got the chicken wings in a trunk, right? Or the cheese pizza. If you don't get the chicken wings, you got the cheese pizza in a trunk, you're good to go. You're fine. So Baron Browning, he'll be ready for training camp. If he's not, you got Frank Clark, you're fine. And that's what the Denver Broncos have done today by adding another edge player, another edge presence. And then let's say Baron Browning is healthy. And Baron Browning comes back and he's a thousand percent healthy. Great. Now Frank Clark's a reserve, and Frank Clark can come in fresh and rush the passer, which is all you want Frank Clark doing. I don't want Frank Clark stuffing the run. I don't want Frank Clark out there, you know, uh, trick tracking down screen passes, working in coverage. I don't want any of that. I want Frank Clark to be mean, nasty, and go after the passer. That's what he does best. That's what the Broncos can have him do now. So the Broncos have made a move. They add Frank Clark, 5.5 million, could be worth up to 7.5 million. I say that's a great move for this team. It's exactly what they needed to do. And now you look to see if they're going to add Dalvin Cook or not. What happens there? What do the Denver Broncos do? That's why we've got denversports.com. That's why we've got uh, you here on the fan listening to Denver Sports tonight. And I want you to do this. Sign up for that Denver Sports Daily every morning. Top Denver Sports news hot and fresh right to your inbox. You've got a life. We don't. Let us handle the Denver Sports News at denversports.com. And that Denver Sports Daily, you can sign up for it again. Get the top Denver sports stories to your inbox every single day. That is the Denver Sports Daily. It's available for free, no paywalls, at denversports.com. Out here at Circa Las Vegas at Stadium Swim, having a great time, having a blast. And, of course, I want you to check out with your fantasy football party and set up your league. You want to draft the best way. The draft is the most fun part of your league. It's the only reason you play fantasy football. Well, that and to prove your friends wrong. CircaLasVegas.com, that's where I want you to go. CircaLasVegas.com, where you can enter for your chance to win a trip for you and the rest of your 12-person league to Las Vegas for the ultimate fantasy football experience. I'm Cecil Lammy thanking Circa Las Vegas, thanking the Denver Nuggets for getting that win. And uh, Michael Malone, good job. Let's do it again Friday night to be back here. Uh, from Las Vegas, broadcasting for you Friday night to preview more of Game 4 Nuggets Heat. We're anxiously awaiting to see if the Denver Broncos get Dalvin Cook. That's coming up there as well. I want to remind you every day, Monday through Friday, to watch Orange and Blue Today. It's on YouTube, and it's on denversports.com. That's Orange and Blue Today, myself and Andrew Mason, talking about your Denver Broncos because there's always something going on with this team. So I'm Cecil Lammy from Las Vegas saying thanks for listening, everyone. Love you guys. Thanks to KJ. He's the man of the box. Stay tuned. As always, would you please stay frosty?